0: The three-part recipe to lasting inspiration. How to communicate leadership principles in a way so that they stick. Why 79% of employees are currently disengaged at work. How he's created leadership programming for Chick-fil-A, the Atlanta Braves, the Baltimore Ravens, and then so much more coming right up. This is episode number 493 with co-founder of Addo, keynote speaker, author, and leadership consultant, Kevin Scott. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. Are you somebody who really wants to improve your health but you're overwhelmed with all that life is throwing at you? Are you somebody who knows they want to feel better in their own skin and you want to feel more confident in your own body and you want to be a good role model for those around you? If so, then you need to go get access to my new video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle. You're gonna get a grocery list, a week's worth of workouts, and a list of healthy snacks and sweets to choose from. You can get all of that for absolutely free today by going to nickcarrier.com. Y'all, I am so excited today to introduce you to Kevin Scott. Kevin has traveled to six continents and spoken to leaders from more than 100 countries. Kevin co-founded the leadership consultancy called Addo, which developed the National Chick-fil-A Leader Academy program, the Baltimore Ravens Leadership Institute, and he helps companies attract and develop top talent. Kevin is the author of four different books, including his latest, Inspired Every Day. And y'all, Inspired Every Day, this book is a gem. I haven't had the chance to completely finish it yet, but what I have read so far, I am super impressed, and I really can't wait to finish it because of really his powerful three ingredients that he identifies that are necessary for inspiration to exist. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Kevin Scott. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast today. I am super excited to be joined by the one and only Kevin Scott. Kevin, just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Hey, man. It's exciting to be here, Nick. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. No doubt. Anytime I can get a former uh, UGA alum and a fellow UGA alum on the podcast with me. Uh, I'm excited about it. So I appreciate you joining today and super excited for you and the launch of your upcoming book uh, called Inspired Every Day, Three Indispensable Ingredients to Connect You with Your Passion. So first off, congrats on the upcoming launch. That's awesome. Um, But before we kind of dive into some of the material of the book, I want to kind of go back. To you and your story and your and your kind of history a little bit. I know after you graduated from uh, the prestigious school of University of Georgia, uh, a few years after it, is you kind of you created Addo pretty pretty quickly after it, uh, y'all's leadership consultancy. And so I wanted to ask you. I know that starting a company at any time. Is, is really difficult. But just a few years after college, tell me about where your headspace was at and what it was like creating your own kind of company and finding your your own company at that stage of your life.
1: Yeah, it's so two thoughts on that. Number one, I mean, I, th- I feel like anytime I'm hearing you talk, Nick, you're talking about passion and go, getting after things and doing that. And I think if, if you want to start a business, you want to do something like that, you've got to do something that you have a passion for, some something that you're passionate about. But I think it can't stop there. If, if you're just passionate and there's no need out there mm. for it, it's a good hobby. It's not necessarily a good business. You know, if I'm passionate about playing baseball, but I'm not good. I mean, it's, it's a hobby. It's not what I can do for my life. For me, there was this cause that I was passionate about. I wanted to teach leadership to high school students but I also learned that there was a need. There were a ton of businesses that also needed to connect with high school students. And so starting atto was where does some great passion meet with a great need? And if we knew if we could solve a business challenge in a way that aligned with our passion, we'd have that opportunity. So the quick yeah. story is we want to impact high school students. Guess what? Chick-fil-A is kind of crazy. A lot of people don't know this. 200,000 team members, 70% of them are under the age of 21. Okay. So to me, that's a company that needs to connect with high school students. There's probably a million others too, but they need to be with high school students. They need to build brand affinity uh, and they need to create a talent pipeline. So we said, we want to impact high school students. You need to reach them. Let's meet in the middle. And we created a program uh, called Chick-fil-A Leader Academy that reaches high school students across the country.
0: Wow. That's insane. I mean, it makes sense because of you know how many restaurants they have and how many people are probably under 21, but that's a crazy stat. that 70%. their employees are actually under 21 so let's actually continue down this route because i wanted to wanted to go down this route anyway so when you are building a program for chick-fil-a on kind of helping to develop high school talent if you will and helping to develop their leadership skills i'm sure you guys have a, a long drawn out process that would take hours and days to really actually dive into but i want you to kind of give us some of the high level thoughts that you guys have uh, from Addo on what it takes to build a program to develop high school leaders and and talent? Yeah. uh, Okay.
1: First of all, leadership principles are timeless. The way you communicate them is what needs to change. So, you know, we're taking principles that have been true for thousands of years and just being a translator, helping to do it in a new way. Nick, I grew up like, I'm kind of a nerd in this. Like I loved Zig Ziglar and John Maxwell. Like I ate it up. Like it's, okay, we're kindred serious here. It was amazing. Here's what I learned. Like a lot of the guys that I was hanging out with my age didn't resonate with that. And it wasn't because what they were saying wasn't true. It's just because the language they were using, the examples they were using were older. So number one, first thing to do for students is just like, I would say this, communicate the leadership principle and the language of the learner. So communicate Ooh. the leadership principle and the language of the learner. That's number one. The second thing is, and this is going to sound terrible, but I think most leadership stuff is crap because they, uh, because it's theoretical and not practical. So mm-hmm. let me just be, give you a real clear example. So if I'm in high school and I'm learning a leadership principle That leadership principle can be true, it can be amazing, it can be life-changing, but I finish learning that principle and then I'm in math class. And what I mean by that is you don't have an outlet to apply it. So Nick, when you're talking to professionals, like they hear, they learn something and they can apply it to their context. So what we wanted to provide was an outlet for high school students to actually be leaders. And so the, the centerpiece of the program we've created is the theme is impact through action. And their job is to create programs that make an impact in their school. And the leadership principles really create a context for what they're learning by doing. Let me Mm. maybe just say it one more way. Like they're learning by their actions. The lessons are putting language around what they're learning and experiencing them so they can contextualize them to apply that again in the future. Mm. That's so good. That makes sense. 100%. Okay, I told you uh, that I was going to be insecure. You are going to ask me about working out because I'm not sure. But like, you know, I think one of the best ways to teach somebody something like that is you teach them how to do something and then you explain to them, this is what it's called. This is why we're doing it this way. This is like, that's how we're teaching leadership. They're just doing it. And then we're saying, hey, this is what that's called. That's called communication. And this is a principle you used with it. And this is how you can use it again in the future.
0: Mm, I think that's so true. I think oftentimes people have to, Experience the learning without even necessarily knowing what they're learning, and then when it's revealed to them what what they actually just learned, then it really sinks in. I mean, that's so much what public speaking is, right? You like tell you tell a story, and then you're kind of backing people into the lesson of the story, but you only communicate the lesson of the story after at the end of it. And so oftentimes people understand sometimes. People are understanding it along the way. Sometimes people get smacked in the face and like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that's what where they were going with it." But they grasp it because of the story and because of the context. You, you're right, and you intuitively get it. Here's what I tell you:
1: I think most of the time in education, they don't get it, and it's not their fault. But they're like, "Oh, we're going to take this
0: principle and we're just going to teach it," and it's they're doing it the opposite way. No, hundred percent. And I'm glad that you said it the way that you did. First off, the the quote of communicate the leadership principle in the language of the learner. That is so key. And then how you talked about leadership is often theoretical, not practical. And and, and especially in the education and, and school environment. I know me personally, I always got good grades in school, but I never felt like I knew exactly how to apply what I was learning to after I graduated. Like I went to Georgia, grad, had graduated in finance and risk management and started a business and felt like I had no idea how to run a business. Luckily, I've gained a little bit of knowledge along the way, but I'm like, I shouldn't graduate from a business school from a really good university and not necessarily know how best to apply all the things that I learned. But get being thrown into it and then backtracked into the lesson is so massive. So true. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with you. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I'm interested with with high schoolers. What are the some of the toughest things to get? I can I can I can imagine that some high schoolers would be maybe resistant or sometimes when high school you can have a bigger ego than you should. You you think you already know it all, but then all these people are telling you leadership principles. Just I guess generally speaking, I'm interested in the challenges of working with high school talent and, and trying to develop them as leaders. Uh number one, I mean, what high schoolers
1: and this next generation is craving is authenticity. So, you know, as technology has progressed and entertainment and quality of videos for a number of years, the move was, and and you probably know this in your world, like we're going to make the video better edited and more professional and cool, like all of that. And now the kids that we're doing are like that we're talking to have got they they got an iPhone that they're holding up and the videos if you actually if are on YouTube or TikTok like they're the um the production quality has actually decreased because what they're looking for is somebody who's just going to be real with them and authentic with them. So that's the number one I think lesson is how do we be authentic? And let me just share with you a challenge we learned. Um what we in an effort to be relevant, I'm using relevant in quotes, we kept trying to get talent that was younger, that was closer to their age, all of these kind of things. And what we learned a lot of times is we were ended up hiring actors to tell stories. And while those people were cool and relevant, what they didn't do well is they didn't have their own stories. And and I think we mistake sometimes. We're trying to be so relevant. A lot of times students, they don't want something that's polished as much as even if the person that's talking to them is 40 or 50 or 60, like be real with me, share from your experiences and also share your successes and your failures. So Mm -hmm. I just want to go back to something. Remember you and I said, I talked about Zig Ziglar or John Maxwell or those guys. Amazing guys. But a previous generation, they wanted a stage on a stage. They wanted somebody to say, let me tell you, I'm amazing. Here's all the things I've done. That's what they valued. The next generation wants somebody to say, hey, here's what works. But man, here's all the areas I've totally failed and it didn't work and, and how I've persevered through that. So authenticity mm.
0: and vulnerability. Mm. I like it. I think that's that's very true. I think it's um, increasingly probably lacking it, so I think anytime we lack something, that's kind of what we deep down end up wanting to desire. So that's that's key. I'm now I'm interested in the organizations that y'all have worked with, like Chick-fil-A, the Braves, Baltimore Ravens, these these different organizations. What have they communicated to you guys with regards to the improvement that they've seen amongst their organization and how that has led their organization to be more effective, productive, efficient, and have a stronger culture. Yeah. Um, I'd love to tell you because of our work, that's when the Braves won the World
1: Series. That's, <laughs> you know, the Baltimore Ravens, they just hired Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator from Georgia. They're going to go to the next level now. Uh let me give you the the reality of the situation. The work we've done for Chick-fil-A was originally for high school students who did not work at Chick-fil-A yet. So they're external. But what they learned was the communication principles that worked for that program work also for their internal employees. I don't mm. know if that makes sense. like, they need like, yeah. they want more relevant content. They want it to be in their language. And so the work that we now do, I would say, um, this is not like public marketing language. I'm giving you like the Kevin, just what I think we honestly do. I think people hire us to do internal marketing. Okay, here's here's what I mean by that. When you're hiring, when you're creating a a marketing campaign for a company, you hire an ad agency, and you're very intentional. The mess, like when the Super Bowl was a month or so ago, whenever they did the Super Bowl, it's like you need like, um, what is like, what is the ad going to look like? What's the colors? What's the messaging? You're so intentional, and then for most businesses. When they roll out a new thing for their employees, they don't care about what it looks like, what it feels like. It's just the information. Like I, I still talk to people that are getting onboarded a new company and they're like, all right, day one, pop in the VHS tape on this little TV. You're gonna watch sexual harassment training for the next two hours. It's like, they they don't even think about it. So if you treat your employees like the, the greatest link to help communicate your values to your customers. I think you've got to be more intentional in the way you communicate with them. That's what those businesses are hiring us to do, to do internal marketing, to help. Sometimes it's create the content, but really how is it gonna be communicated to your key stakeholders and your employees?
0: We'll be back to the interview in just a second, but first I wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10 Week Transformation. At Best You, we started running the 10WT back in January of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it. They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before. They've seen the stubborn fat finally come off, and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-week transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say.
2: Hi, um, so I completed Nick's 10-week bestie transformation, and I can't say enough about my experience, but I was looking for something to help me be more accountable and to just develop overall better habits, and I wanted to make sure that I was getting that strength training in because I think that was one of my weak points was not consistently getting strength training. The groups, the people in the groups are all different shapes and sizes. I felt very comfortable right away. It's a very supportive environment. Nick is great at bringing you in, at kind of meeting you where you're at. The workouts are so thoughtful. He's so good at creating a balanced workout. So if you go two times a week or three times a week, you can be sure that you're getting You know, you're working all of your muscle groups. I definitely got way stronger throughout that 30 weeks. I feel much stronger now than I did when I started. I feel more confident in my ability to execute on those exercises. And like I said, I I can't say enough. Nick is so good at what he does. And I think it's it's only getting better. So you are in excellent hands with him.
0: Basically companies are not doing a good job of selling their employees on what they do and the values and the mission and the vision of their company when it's really one of the most important things that you need to do so that then your employees are both fired up to be working for the company and can actually embody those values when interacting with customers and everything like that.
1: Yeah. And you use the word sell and I think that's the right word. And sometimes sell has like a a negative connotation. Like I'm not trying to sell them. They should just be on board. But like I think it's being intentional to make them to be bought into it. And the organizations that we work with that are seeing the greatest success, that's what they're willing to do. They are intentional in their communications with their internal stakeholders. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Okay, I want to dive a little bit into Inspired Every Day and the three indispensable ingredients of inspiration. And so if I understand correctly, your three indispensable ingredients are a purpose to live for, a problem to tackle, and a partnership with like-minded people. I think that oftentimes when I know I've come up with lists of certain things or frameworks for certain things, usually there are instances or stories or moments that led me to think, think in that way or form that that framework. I want, I want to ask you, what are some of the things that, led you to kind of identifying those three as the three indispensable ingredients
1: yeah there's there's a couple of things that lead to that the first thing is that conversation that we are just having about people internal employees like that is maybe the biggest problem that businesses are facing right now is this labor problem just you may have seen this but like sometime in the last couple of months, Gallup came out with their latest study that said 79% of the American workforce is disengaged at work. 79%. So statistics would say even the people that are listening to your podcast, four and five on average are not engaged in what they do. And I believe that the root of that or the root of disengagement is a lack of inspiration. And let me, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to phrase to you the question that I've asked thousands of people over the last few years. The first question I've asked them is this, are you inspired at work right now? Are you inspired at work right now? And unfortunately, I'm talking about like CEOs. I'm talking about entrepreneurs who started their own business. Who are passionate. I'm talking about amazing people. Nine out of 10 people would tell me, like, I don't know if I'd use the word inspired. And then I'll ask them this question though can you think of a time that you have been inspired at work? And it's like, yeah, immediately. Like, oh yeah. And what I would do, Nick, is I would ask them to describe to me what was it like when you were inspired? Because what I was trying to figure out is could you reverse engineer inspiration? Like, could could you actually create the environment for inspiration to exist? And, And through those conversations and some extensive research, here's what I found to be inspired all three of those things you mentioned have to be present. I'll hit them quickly, but there's one that I think most people miss. Purpose. Now if with a normal audience Nick, I would talk about purpose a lot. I've listened to your podcast enough. I mean, if people that listen to your podcast don't understand purpose, they haven't been paying attention because I feel like you talk about it all the time. But like you I think your people, your tribe, they get that. Like I got to have a goal. People in there, they're signing up for a a 10 week program. Like they they want to go. Okay. Purpose. I'm going to hit partner first. Partner is somebody in it with you. You can be a solopreneur, but like it's your clients. It's your customers. It's the partners you work with and things like it's maybe a spouse or a, a friend. Like the epidemic of loneliness is huge. We need other people. So that's purpose and partners. But this is the thing that I think most people miss. The times when they were most inspired, they had a problem or a challenge to tackle, like some big freaking thing standing in their way. And when you have all three of those, that's the environment to be inspired. And that problem piece is the one people miss all the time.
2: Mm.
0: That That's so good. I think, like you said, your quest to determine whether or not you can reverse engineer kind of inspiration and create the environment in which people have the ability to be consistently inspired. I think 100%, I've 100% seen that. Like everybody, you mentioned the 10 weeks, everybody has a goal that they're looking for. We have a a, a close connected community of people who are working towards it. And everybody has the problem of the busyness of their life, like trying to eat healthy with all this kind of stuff. They've got a galore of problems that they're trying to face and that keeps them inspired. Okay. Let's just talk about this for a second because uh,
1: like, I think people in your program, but people in general, this just anchoring on this problem piece, like when somebody finishes one of your 10 week programs, like that's got to be hard. Like it's not easy, but they feel so proud when they're done. Like, When I go out and look at cars, like when people run a marathon, they put a sticker on their car sometimes that says 26.2. Why do they do that? Because they're proud of something they accomplished that was hard. Nobody goes out and puts a sticker on their car that says one, 1.0. Like running a mile is not, so let me ask you this. We spend most of our lives trying to make things easy and not trying to make them hard. But everything that we do in life that we're proud of, was hard. And so first, there are a lot of people that aren't inspired because they don't have a purpose or maybe they're lonely. They don't, have But I think one of the reasons a lot of people aren't inspired is because they're bored, because they're not giving themselves things to challenge them and to truly be inspired. Yes, the goal and the purpose and yes, the partners, but you've got to have that thing that's hard. Um, and, and if you're not getting at work, you got to find other outlets for it. And maybe that's in your physical activity. Maybe it's in uh, your intellectual, like books you want to read, but you got to be challenging yourself.
0: Mm, no doubt about it. I think that like the thing that you pointed out was so, is so good. We spent our whole lives trying to make things easier when really everything that we're proud of was, is difficult. And obviously we want to make certain things in our life easier so that we can make the meaningful things maybe more difficult and, or, you know, But I think it's important to intentionally try to attack challenges, right? It's not you don't want everything in your life just to be hard just for the sake of being proud of doing everything. You want to intentionally seek out challenges that you wish to overcome that are actually going to grow you, that are actually going to allow you to level up into an upgraded version of yourself. Can I give you uh, just something that I've
1: learned in the last two weeks that has been blowing my mind in this area? Because what, what, what you're hitting on is key, and I think people have asked me like, okay, Kevin, everything in life shouldn't be hard. Like I don't want everything to be hard. So what should be simple and what should, or easy and what should be hard. And this is what's become clear to me that we need to make our systems more simple. So systems Mm -hmm. should be simple, but we want the effort to be hard. So when I'm talking to a business leader, Nick, I tell them that great leaders simplify systems to amplify effort. Simple. So systems should be if if we've got a system that's difficult and creating problems, that's stupid. That should not be hard. we got to make that easier. But we shouldn't be telling you, like, you shouldn't have to apply yourself in this area. You shouldn't have to give effort. I, I, by the way, I think that's one of the things that makes like a lot of the things you do for people from a, a health and fitness perspective. So easy is you've created a system that's simple, but it's not easy for them to do. And if you'll simplify systems and amplify effort, that's the the magic, uh, the sweet spot, I'd say.
0: Yeah, oh man, that's so good. That's so good. And kudos to you for like identifying and being able to verbalize that. I think that's so critical. And I think that because of ever advancing technology and our ability to be able to make things super easy, it makes it that much more important that we're intentionally seeking out challenges in our life, because I really believe that one of the big reasons, not to go off too much on a separate, kind of separate thing here, but I really believe that a huge reason for so much anxiety, depression, so much negative emotion, simply becomes is because we don't have enough problems to solve anymore. All of the problems of getting food and and the problems that people used to have to deal with aren't problems anymore. And so, so much of our time, energy, and attention isn't dedicated to solving those problems. It's dedicated to be like, what What should I be doing? And then what's the meaning of life? And so we go in all these different terrible mental directions because we don't have to solve as many problems anymore. I, I'm in full agreement. You're spot on. Yeah. Well, uh, I think the one thing with the problem is I think it's really important to actually identify what the problem is and almost give it a name or identify a few a few of those things because people know that certain things are difficult, but if they don't know what the problem is, then they don't know what they're up against. But if you can name what they're up against, if you can name the team, you can name the individual, you can name the thing that you're up against, then it's a little bit more inspirational to be like, that's what I'm attacking.
1: Yes, I, I, I I'm in, you got to name it one of the things that I I do think just naming things in general is helpful. One of the things that was a struggle in writing the book, but I pushed to is that if, if you're sitting here and you're not feeling inspired, how can you help identify what piece might be missing? And so we've said, like, if you're missing the purpose, you got problem and partners, but no purpose, you may be feeling aimless. Or if you've got purpose and partners, but no problem, you may be feeling apathy. Or if you've got purpose and problems and you're not having partners, you may feel alone. But like, how can you name something? And there is such power. This sounds a little self-helpy, but I think you're you're spot on. It's like when you name something, it's so much easier to identify and start to
0: figure out how to tackle it. Oh my gosh. No, that's so good. I think that asking yourself the question of what am I missing? I think that's massive. You know, for me in particular, that hits home with me because as an entrepreneur and having started Best You a while back now, I was always inspired by my purpose and knew I had a bunch of problems to tackle, but I had nobody that I was working with. It's just me. And so I've always said that for me, one of the toughest things about entrepreneurship is for a while, it was just a individual sport. I didn't have a team, and I, I love team sports. Played team sports growing up. I didn't have the people to work with, and I think that for everybody listening, ask yourself that question. If I'm not inspired right now, then ask yourself, am I missing a purpose? Am I missing a problem? Am I, or am I, am I missing partners? I think that you hit it on the head. That was such an important question. Well, I want to before I ask before I ask the last question, uh, here, Kevin. This has been awesome, man. I just want to acknowledge you for being able to. First, connect your passion with a need. I think like the passion and a need to form a business is absolutely massive, and what you're all also best built and and capable of doing uh, is just massive. And you were able, able to obviously serve your clients at such a high level to be able to develop young talent, which. It's just so cool to see and and kudos to you. And I want to acknowledge you for putting this this book together after I know years of experience and, and years of dedicated research to this topic. I know that it's gonna help so many people have more lasting inspiration and in, in being able to identify their purpose, name the problems that they're trying to solve and and seek out different partners to keep them motivated along the way. Awesome. Man, I'm I'm pumped about it. It's um I
1: mean when I keep when I hear that seventy nine percent are disengaged at work that that's where it's like, we've got to figure out how to help people. Maybe. That's the problem,
0: baby. You're identifying the problem. That's right. that's right. That's awesome. All right. You guys make sure you go, you go get inspired every day. We'll have a, uh, the link in the show notes and everything like that. And also make sure you follow Kevin on Instagram at Kevin Paul Scott. If you do not yet already, uh, any other good place that people should go learn more about you?
1: You can go to inspiredeveryday.com. That takes you straight to the more information about the book.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, awesome. All right, well, uh, last question here, Kevin, is I think that in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, it's both a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think that we ever actually get to that best version of ourselves, and I also think the way that you're going to get there is going to be a little bit different than the way that, that I get there. So last question is for you personally, is if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Kevin Scott that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on?
1: Oh man, I've got them, I, but I hate—I hate to say them. All right, number one is—and uh, I've—I've written about this. I know this to be true, but number one is to learn to say no more often. Like I, I just, my default is a people pleaser, and if I could say no. Uh, to some good things. I think I could focus more on the best things. Uh, number two is I think just consistent time alone, like um, whether that's from a like fate perspective and a quiet time or uh, just, just not with a lot of stuff coming in. So that'd be the second. And third, I would just say just more uh, intentionality with those people that I'm closest to. Uh, and that's kind of broad. So let me make it like I'm talking about my closest coworkers, my my wife, my kids, like just um not being on autopilot, but being intentional in that. So saying mm. no, that that time, quiet time. And I think if I did the first two better, the third one will come naturally.
0: Mm. That's awesome. Well, those are three great things. You guys need to make sure you go get inspired every day to learn those three indispensable ingredients for leadership, identifying your purpose, identify the problem, and then get partners around you so that you can have more lasting inspiration in your life. But Kevin, that's all we got, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. Damn, that was good. I hope you guys are fired up right now because I know I am. Make sure you go grab a copy of Kevin's book, Inspired Every Day, at inspiredeveryday.com. Remember, if you're overwhelmed about what you should eat, if you wanna feel more confident in your own skin, and if you need a way to satisfy that sweet tooth in a healthy manner, then go get access to my video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle for free at nickcarrier.com. And remember, when it comes to communicating leadership principles to anyone, It's how you communicate them that is key. It's important to make the theoretical principles practical so that others know how to apply them. And I want you to remember and memorize Kevin's three indispensable ingredients. I know that that I'm gonna have these three Ps just cemented into my brain. A purpose to live for, a problem to tackle, and a partnership with like-minded people. Purpose, problem, in partnership if we can simultaneously have all three of these we're going to be consistently inspired so ask yourself if you're not inspired right now which are you missing and work to fill in the gaps if you can define a purpose that you want to live for identify the problems that you need to tackle and build partnerships with like-minded people you'll continue on the path closer and closer to your best you